Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode off season, uh, episode 146. Ryan and I came on and talked about the draft. Uh, summer league, free agent acquisitions, and everything pretty much going on in the summer. So you can check that episode out or any of our others uh, streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, what's good? What is going on? Uh, it's been a uh, it's been a rough month, Eric. I, I have to tell you, it's been a rough month with uh, no basketball, no football. Uh, you know, baseball really doesn't get going until, you know, August. It's a, it's a slow time for sports, but, uh, you know, it has been a good summer. Me and you hit that vacation a couple of weeks ago together. Uh, that was a good time. And then me and you did a ton of golfing this weekend. So there is some positives to the no sports, you know, and I don't have to be tied to a chair on Saturday for college football and Sundays for, for NFL. So I can go get some tea times in. Uh, you know, work out a little more. My lawn's looking a little better than it does during the fall. So, uh, you know, there's, there is some positives in the dog days of the sports uh, calendar. Yeah. We, we, we talked about that before about, I think we might've even brought it up on our episode episode last episode, or maybe the one before that about how uh, we're, we're just less of degenerates. You know, I think as we say, we get out a little more productive uh, members of society, uh, less gambling, less drinking, Unless you're on the golf course, like you're saying. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's definitely the dog days of summer for sure. I'm not as much into the summer league stuff too, so that's why I don't even bring it up as much on the on the podcast. And really, there ain't shit going on. But we'll find a way to come in here and talk about the Kings. So the Kings did make a couple signings, Ryan. And I know that we took a little bit of extended in between. I went to New Orleans. I went to on a vacation. So that's that's why the delay on the episode. Um, I got to see the Smoothie King Center. Um, which was uh, whack. <laughs> I didn't go in it, but I did drive by it. And uh, so I could... one more one more time, the Smoothie King Center is that where Nor the Pelicans play? Yeah, that's why I'm I sorry, just wanted it's, to. It's, it's really hard to keep up on team. It used to be back in the day, teams kept their their stadium names for a while. It seems like every two to three years, people change their names now. So if people are gonna talk shit about me not knowing where the Smoothie Smoothie King Center was, that's the reason. Well, it's. It's I I just said it to make the joke more just because I didn't see it but yeah the smoothie king I'm like I I didn't I never understood what it was until I got there and like okay this it's basically like a Jamba Juice kind of chain but that's very specific to Louisiana I guess so that was kind of my takeaway from that but yeah kind of a random I mean it's almost as bad Power Balance Pavilion had to have been one of the all time worst right oh, think about it so bad that and and it was such a scam it was like Power Balance yeah. wasn't even a real thing. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like, is there nothing more fucking 
Kangs, especially like late 2000s Kangs, then power power balance pivot. Those are the things where right where they they give you the bracelet and like, oh yeah, man, like it increases your balance. What the fuck was that about, man? Like they really went from Arc Arena to the power balance and, pavilion. And if you ever, uh, I remember when I was like in sixth or fifth grade, they came to the school. They came to our elementary school. Power balance did and did a demo where they had some guy who like brought some now you know actor out, you know, and they did all these like crazy movements, and the person like had more balance. Um, I do remember that, but they what they did there is they gave everybody a power balance uh, bracelet that day. And I wore it, you know, it was like the thing back then. Uh, I remember like it ended up ripping or something and I cut open the power balance thing they had in there. And all it was was a fucking like hologram sticker, dude. Like it was like the same exact thing that they put on the new era, new era hats on the bottom, that little silver hologram sticker. That's exactly what was in that bracelet. Dude. It was a fucking shit show. How was it that in in modern times people fell for a mass produced chi- in China freaking rubber little thing and fell for that and to the point where they made enough money to sponsor an NBA arena like what the fuck dude that was you know looking back that was the beginning of the end you know people yeah. people people look and they're like look where we're at now that was probably the beginning of the end. Uh, you know, they probably would have made more money if it wasn't, you know, if, if the only social media outlet wasn't wasn't MySpace. If Facebook was around back then, if Twitter was around, Instagram, Power Balance might have took over the world, man. But they did all that with just MySpace, no smartphones. Um, you know, imagine if they could actually advertise. Imagine a TikTok Power Balance of them doing the fucking shitty moves that that actor did at my elementary school back in the day. Could have made a killing. More money than, gotta they, be what? than they did. Yeah, that's got to be wild. Well, I'm going to break in the break in here quick, Ryan, with Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome deposit. Uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ryan, I was in New Orleans. I didn't realize before I went there that gambling was legal. And so I went with my wife. It's supposed to be like a nice vacation. And, uh, you know, I, I started getting the degenerate itch. And I'm, I wanted to tell you about this because the betting uh, came up. But they had a uh, nice, I think it was a Harris casino down there. And my wife does not like to gamble. She doesn't like to be there. She didn't want to go there. But I found an excuse to kind of check it out. You know, I started getting the fucking itch, dude. I saw the book. I started getting the itch. I was trying to convince her to throw some money on roulette. Um, but she got me out of there with the quickness, man. So I can't wait for basketball. I can't wait for NFL and everything so I can start satisfying that. I was like a moth to the flame, Ryan. I haven't placed a bet in about a month. And so when I got in there, I was I was I started finding myself um kind of just uh just, just kind of getting all too excited, you know. You start looking around, you start, you start panting a little bit. I started getting that, bit, bro. I need, I, I need those bets to come quick. I haven't bet in a while, but uh, you know, I did. I think I talked about this on the last episode. I, a couple weeks ago, I did go to uh, uh, the casino and played some blackjack, and I hit on a slot. And you know, I, you know, I was there about an hour and a half. I think I won four hundred and thirty-seven dollars. I think is what it was. You know, so I got my fix then. Um, but as far as sports betting, zero. 
of sports bets in the last few weeks. Um, I kind of told myself I need to reset and I need to start getting ready for the NFL season because um, those Sunday parlays and prop bets are the fucking hitters, dude. And, uh, you know, got to got to save up for that. I don't want to, you know, blow the load too early. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't you don't want to be in the hole. It happened to me last year. I came out the gates NFL season way too excited. I got down massive, massive. I was play, placing um, teasers, multi-team teasers, parlays. Those are always risky. And I got down massive and it really set me back for that first month. So I'm coming in with a good uh, passive approach this time. All right, Ryan, I got a player to do the NBA talk before we get into the conversation about the NBA and the Kings and everything. So um, so if you're not familiar with the game or familiar with Kings, that's where we're breaking the episode and talk where Ryan and I play a game where I give them a random player from our youth based on their bio. Ryan has to guess the player. Ryan's pretty good. Uh, last week, I think, or last episode, rather, he got off the schneid, got back. Here's your player, Ryan. Six foot three, 185. They went to the College of Wisconsin from 01 to 04. They were drafted in the 2004 draft in the first round, fifth overall. Um, point guard. Okay. Here's their teams. 04 to 08, Dallas Mavericks. 08 to 11, New Jersey Nets. 11 to 12, Utah Jazz. 12 to 13, Atlanta Hawks. Back with the Mavericks from 13 to 18, 18 with the Nuggets, and then a third stint with the Mavericks from 2018 to 2019. He was a all-star actually in 2009. Uh, do you know who this player is? What? Yeah. How do I, that's how, a, do I how do I not know this? An all-star in 2009 point guard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see that he was an all-star, and maybe that's gonna throw you off, man, but um, Wisconsin? when I went to pick Wisconsin, yeah, when I went to pick this player, I was thinking like, this might be way too easy. But then there's always the chance that it might fuck with you. So, gotta give a guess for the people. Yeah, yeah I, I will. I will. Can you list the teams again? I, it threw me off. One more time. Come on, come on. All right. Um, uh, Mavericks. Oh four to eight. Oh eight to eleven. New Jersey Nets. Eleven to twelve. Utah Jazz. Twelve to thirteen, Atlanta Hawks. Thirteen to eighteen, Mavericks. Eighteen Nuggets. Eighteen nineteen, Mavericks again. You'll know him for the Mavericks, the Jazz. Well, you know you really, you really should know him. Ma- Mavericks, Nets, Jazz, Hawks. You should know that. I mean, you got a player. I am completely lost. All right, oh God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you, uh, Devin Harris. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't fucking know that, but okay. Damn, sucks right. to suck, dude. That feel that's terrible. Maybe we should stop doing the game after that one. What do you think? Well, you know, I I was under the impression that Devin Harris was bigger than 63185, I think is what it, what kind of threw me off there. And then I completely didn't know that he went to Wisconsin. Hmm. So you were focused on his body the whole time then, huh? Yeah, you know, you 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 gave the 63185 and I'm like, that's kind of small. I, I always remember Devin Harris being a little bigger of a guard. That is kind of big. is kind of big for that. 185 Six <laughs> uh, three. Uh, well, Devin Harris was cool though for yeah, the he people. Was. He was. He was. And I was surprised he had the lone All Star that one year. Well, so, I knew. I knew. Good. I knew he went to the All Star that year. There was like those random ones that they like. Josh Howard made an All Star for those Mavs teams, and Devin Harris made one. I knew that. So, yeah, Devin right. Harris for New Jersey that year. His All Star year, twenty one points a game, dude. Yeah, I can see that. Did, did I? I think I was thinking Devin Harris went to Wake Forest, but I think that was Josh Howard too. So, anyways, anyway, whatever, cool. Okay. One for me. Uh, so yeah, Kingsland. What the fuck is going on in Kingsland, man? I mean, uh, summer league. Didn't watch it. 
didn't really care. Uh, did you? Um, I watched the highlights of Keegan Murray's like 41 point or whatever it was, but really who gives a shit? Um, you know, it's something that me and you talk about every single year is, um, you know, summer league is mostly made up of guys who are going to be playing overseas in about a month. And, uh, you know, even the good, the good players like Wembenyama who, who played when he played two games and they shut him down, you know, Keegan Murray played the the one game they shut him down. So those high profile guys that you want to see, they don't typically play. There's a lot of guys that, um, you know, you only really know because they were like on two way contracts with your team. Um, there's a lot of random guys out there that are, you know, just kind of show up and play some games and that's about it. So I try not to get caught up in the, in the G league game or yeah, G league now. Yeah. In the, in the G league games, because um, the talent pool is just not that great, man. You know, I, I really, you know, it's not that great. And you see guys go off and guys get hyped and it's like, well, you know, he's playing against the guy that's probably going to be working at Domino's in a few months. So, you know, I can't take it too seriously, but um, you know, it is what it is. Keegan Murray went off and uh, you know, I was disappointed though. Um, about the whole thing is that the California classic this year, women, Yama didn't play kind of shitty, you know, that'd have been cool for, you know, his first professional NBA game to be uh, in the golden one center. That'd have been a nice little trivia, but uh didn't happen. They held him out. And then, you know, he played those two games that uh, first one didn't go well. Second game was really good, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, G leagues, whatever, man, it is what it is on, on Keegan Murray. Uh, so, to talk about, I think we talked about last time about Harrison Barnes getting signed, and we broke that down a little bit, right? And um, him going, Keegan Murray going off in the summer league. Uh, I was talking about Keegan Murray for a minute, just because it's it's somewhat topical, and there's not much topical. Uh, and uh, okay, I was reading an article today about Harrison Barnes and Monty McNair, <laughs> so I was kind of excited, right? Because it, and I'll get to Keegan Murray, but. The 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 article about Harrison Barnes uh, today pops up and it says Monty McNair explains, you know, why he went after Harrison Barnes. I'm like, OK, f- fucking finally, Monty McNair is going to come out and actually say something. He never really is forced to. And so he he comes out and in the article, it was kind of a dud. It basically says, like, yeah, we're always looking to upgrade and that, uh, you know, basically we didn't upgrade. So it's like what we thought. They tried. The market was crazy. They didn't. But did you see this thing come out that that? And, and I wanted to see what you think, man. The, there was a thing that came out maybe a week ago, and they said that they think Keegan Murray is going to be a star as good as any player on the roster. And I wanted to ask you about that because um, I know you and I have had conversations about his his uh, potential, about where he could be. And I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up and get your thoughts on that whole situation and that like how Barnes is going to play into it, I guess, the forward position, not being aggressive, what your whole thoughts are. Well, I think what's going to end up happening is um, in the immediate future is I think Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray are going to flip roles. I think Keegan Murray is going to be a little more aggressive this year. He's going to get a lot more shots. They're actually going to drop some plays for him. He's going to get some actual looks instead of just pulling up open threes. Um, and I did see the article and or whatever it was post that they talked about. He can be as good as anybody on the roster. I don't fucking believe that. Um, I think De'Aaron Fox is far and away the most talented player on the roster has the most potential on the roster. Um, but I do see Keegan Murray, you know, he, he can be a really good second star. 
Um, I think, you know, if he can get up this year to 17, 18 a game, Sacramento will be really, really, really good. Um, but he is that prototypical, you know, size and three-point shooting ability in today's NBA that kind of makes him uh, valuable, right? That's why the 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 market for wings this offseason was so crazy was because there's not a lot of guys who are 6'8 to 6'10 who shoot threes, uh, can kind of, you know, do a little bit of everything. So he has the ability to to get up there and probably be the second best player on the roster. But when I saw that, I was like, there's no way that guy's more talented than De'Aaron Fox. I, I just, I don't see that. I think, I think this year kind of proved it. De'Aaron Fox put himself in the upper echelon of point guards in the NBA. I don't know a lot of, I, I can't really think of a lot of point guards better than him. You know, Steph Curry, obviously, but you know, people know how we feel about John Morant compared to De'Aaron Fox. And, um, you know, I, I think he's put himself up there in the landscape of the NBA that it's really hard to, it's hard, man. It's hard to go out there and average 26 a game. You know what I mean? And be like the clutch player of the NBA and lead the NBA in fourth quarter scoring and, you know, take a, you know, defending champion Golden State Warriors to seven games. Um, that was all because De'Aaron Fox, make no more mistake about it. So, uh, for people to come out and say that he can be the best player on the roster, you know, I think people are just getting a little uh, ahead of themselves. He can be really good, really, really good. He can be an all-star, you know, maybe like an all-NBA guy. Um, but he's got a really good point guard in front of him, and that's difficult to surpass. The reason I bring this up, too, because another article, this is July 20th, McNair states Kings need Murray to make sophomore leap. I I, I think this is this is going to be an intriguing part because the Kings were pretty passive in, in free agency and building the team. And I understand the market dictates a lot of that, right? And I don't necessarily disagree with it. I'm not for overplaying random guys if, if, if it's going to strap them. So I'm not really not too upset. The Barnes thing, the length of the contract, we'll see. We'll we'll see, man. I got my thoughts about that. I I don't think that Barnes is going to end up uh, playing that contract out. He'll eventually get traded at some point. So whatever, not the point. The point here though is that when you have Murray coming out playing in the summer league, getting shots off like that, when you have the Kings bring being pretty passive when it comes to bringing another player, when they were linked to Pascal Siakam and 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 uh, I can never say OG Anubi's name correctly. I don't know if I said it right, but Whatever. they were linked to him. They were linked to a lot of players. They were linked to Kyle Kuzma. Um, who else, dude? I mean, they were like Chris Middleton, right? So they're linked to a lot of players and they didn't. And, and so they, they didn't get any of those players. And it sounds like they're going to move forward. And and so I guess that in addition to that, Ryan, you have uh, Keegan Murray getting named to uh, the Rising Stars Team USA minicamp, whatever. So he's going to end up being on that select team. Who knows if he'll end up playing. They're kind of putting together like what's going to be like the next generation of USA basketball, you know, and, and and maybe he gets on there. With all of that, though, it brings a bit of an expectation for the kid. And it sucks because, you know what? There was nobody out there in fucking Kingsland more than you and I that were so hype on him getting drafted. Not one person. You go look back. You check the tapes. You check that video you did for Believe. You, t- you, you look at our draft preview the night before. You and I, number one people out there. That's fucking for sure. So for us, we're most excited, but the expectations get put on them. And I don't, I don't like it. I, I, it's fine on the court. I don't like it for the fans' side, though. I don't like the fan side because the fans always have these fucking expectations that people are going to take shit to the next level and be unrealistic. And I feel like that's what's going to happen, man. There's always that shit always happens every year, every couple of years. There's always some random player, whether it's Rashawn Holmes, whether it's McDonavich, whether it's Tyrese Halliburton in the last couple of years. It's always some random motherfucker out there who 
people put way too much pressure on and expect way too much of. And I think that that's not realistic to put on him. Man, I really don't. And I think that's why it's, a, it's for me, it's I think it's something that's it. Because you, you know what? At this point, like the Kings aren't this desolate bullshit ass team anymore, right? Like they actually have two all stars. They're pretty solid. There's not a lot of drama. It's pretty, I would say, certain, right? Everything. That's the one that's not certain because he's an he's a variable in that he can actually uh have some uh appreciation on on the roster, right? And I think my expectations are more limited on him this year. And like you're saying, like wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you agree? Like, wouldn't 17 of game be really fucking dope from yep. him this yep. year? 100. Especially I, if he's. I think 17 a game, dude, is like they're up there top three in the Western Conference again. You know what I mean? Like if if they can get to if he can get to that number, because, you know, you're going to get 14 from Harrison Barnes, right? You know, you're getting 24 to 26 with Fox. You know, you're going to get the, you know, the 17, 18 double double from Sabonis. Right. And then, you know, Herter's a little streaky, but you're getting double digits from that guy. So. You you know what you're getting from the veterans. If he can just, you know, increase by five points, you know, because I don't even know the averages here, but I'm, I think it was like 11, maybe. Well, he can increase yeah, that by 12. 12. Yeah, if he can increase five to six points, holy shit, man. This team will be completely different and, um, you know, expand his game a little bit. Last year, a lot, of, a lot of his game was literally spot up threes. Like how many times did he just spot up, hit a three, and that was it. They didn't draw a place for him. He wasn't really taking people off the dribble. So if he can expand his game just a little bit, man, Sacramento's going to be really, really good. But it bodes the question as well is, you know, people talk about that sophomore leap. Do they expect him to go to 22, 23 a game? Because I think that's unrealistic. That's not fair. That's not fair for a guy who who's going to be the third option on his team. Right? Like, make no, make no mistake about it. Darren Fox is number one. Sabonis is two. And Keegan Murray's three. You know, so for you to expect a guy who's in his second year to go 22 or 23, if that's what you're thinking, I think that's unrealistic. I think it's unfair. Um, but I think, you know, 17, 18 a game, if they did that, Sacramento's really, really good next year. Yeah, well, and that's that's an obvious thing, right? But I'm looking at it. Okay, one thing here, Harrison Barnes, 15 points a game last year. We expect him. So say you say uh, roles reverse, right? So... Murray's in the 15 to 17 range. HB goes down to the 12 range. All right. Uh, that's realistic as far as just swapping roles. The the math could work out like that. All right. But you said third option. Well, I don't, I mean, I would say that, you know, that that's where people I think are going to put the pressure on the like, third option. I mean, Malik Monk, who Malik Monk could be Malik Monk could, could, could be Malik Monk averaged more points than him last year. You know, he's and, and and I think the thing is, is that it's yet to be seen that throughout the NBA season, Keegan Murray can take motherfuckers off the dribble, get plays drawn up for him and score like that. Like you said, a lot of his stuff was just in transition and it was open threes. And I think that that's what I'm posing right now is that a jump to 15 to 17 from 12 points a game like that is massive. Like that's huge, dude. And that going back to all these articles uh, that are coming out in the offseason. Pretty much most of the shit they're talking about is needing him, pressure on him, you know, he, blah, blah, blah. Um, and and really the lack of moves in the impact role, you know, 
besides the Europe, the European and some, I guess some things like that, it puts the pressure on him. And I think for Kings fans, that's what I'm saying. I'm just predicting that people are going to have too high of an expectation. That's unrealistic uh, for him. And I could see us really having to defend the guy this year. That's all. That's, that's my thing. I agree. You know, so don't Eric just already gave away who he's defending this year in our annual uh, pre season, uh, you know, guesses, but yeah, I mean, it happens every year though, right? Guys expect too much from people or they expect not enough. And, um, you know, I, 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 one thing we try to do on here is we try to keep it realistic, right? We try to be mindful of what we're saying on here and of our, uh, you know, predictions for the season. So I, th- I think 16 though is, is completely attainable. I think that's going to happen. Um, but for the, you know, if people are thinking 22, 23, that's unrealistic. If it happens, that means Sacramento wasn't very good. Right. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I, I think if Keegan Murray averages 22 to 23 a game next year, even over 20, I think it's because somebody got hurt. Right. And he had to step into a role that he wasn't ready for. And Sacramento wouldn't be very good at that point. But we'll see, man. But, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet, and I, I think we kind of need to jump into before we get off is the, the Nerlens Noel signing. So, I mean, everybody knows Nerlens Noel. He's 29 years old, defensive guy, not a great offensive game, but he's a big athletic body, man. And, and when you look back at the Golden State Warriors series, um, Sacramento desperately needed a big guy. They desperately needed somebody to come off the bench and take some pressure off of Sabonis, uh, particularly with rebounding and defense. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with the signing. I think Nerlens Noel is going to be a good piece for them. I don't think he's going to play a whole lot because of how much Sabonis plays and with Keegan Murray and Barnes both being able to play the four with Lyles coming back and be able to play the four. Um, but I think what's going to happen, I, I think he's taking Lens minutes and I think Lens going to go into uh, the Rashawn Holmes role like last year and, uh, you know, be used very sparingly. But for years, me and you have been talking about getting a defensive athletic big guy who can come in and play 10 to 12 minutes a night and take some pressure off the starters. So um, I think there's going to be some places, you know, some spot starts for him. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be an effective signing. And I'm really, really happy with it. I, I think it was smart by McNair. It cost them fucking nothing. And it's not like he's a 35, 36-year-old dude. The guy's 29. So he should be right in the middle of his prime. Yeah, known for being athletic, too. And I'm looking at it. Yeah, you're right, though. Ten t- Last couple of years, he's, yeah, he played. Well, he didn't really play much. Um last year he didn't play last last year's yeah but but you know yeah he's always he's always played minutes when he's healthy and they're not going to expect much of him i'm not going to expect much of him but just even have the have a guy who's who's that mold you know that's what we're talking about at this point right i kind of said right every the roster is pretty set everything's pretty solid um so at this point the variables aren't in the starting lineup anymore that's that's how you know you're a good team ryan so i know you're a good team when when, you know for a lot of years we would come on on we'd come on here and we were talking about literally who's going to be starting at two guard who should start at center you know who should be traded that's not really the case anymore but a guy like this yeah start to start to shape it up and not have you know this is it's like a bottom of bench thing but we were saying who's going to be who is going to be the uh, other true center on the roster because i was like dude i don't know who the fuck's out there and so they they got somebody notable who has actually played minutes in the NBA. So that's cool. Um, the the last roster spot, you and I had a conversation this past week when you and I were talking just on our own. And um, I'll just say it and you tell me. I, I think that the Kings still need some type of uh, true point guard. You know, like 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 I was I was saying last year, like 
they had they had Delvadova, but Delvadova never played. It'd be nice if they can get someone who's like that veteran style, but maybe they could actually play once in a while. I think that's probably pretty much the last hole. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. There's some guys out there, George Hill, uh, you know, who kind of flamed out the first time. Um, there's DJ Augustine. Uh, you know, Shoot Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas is still out there. You know, I don't, people don't want to hear that, but I don't think he ever plays in the NBA again, man. No, personally. I don't, I don't, but I think there's some guys who can fill some holes that, and you gotta, you gotta remember these guys aren't going to play a lot, you know? So you, what you're looking for in the third point guard on your roster is there's a few things. He's a specialist, right? So either he's a scorer, he's a great three point shooter, or He's like a George Hill who's kind of a a veteran, plays some defense and can do multiple things, but really kind of just be the leader and the calming factor uh, on the roster. So, uh, you know, I think George Hill's a fit. I think DJ Augustine's a pretty good three-point shooter. I think, you know, he kind of fills that role, plus the veteran the veteran vibes. And then IT's kind of a specialist scorer, so I think that's a, a body that you could throw out there every once in a while if you needed it. The problem – you run into a problem with a third point guard is if your starter goes down, right? So you need somebody who can play 20 minutes if you need him to. So that's something to, to, to keep in mind when it comes to signing this guy as well as, you know, if Fox goes down or Fox needs to sit two or three games for rest. It has to be somebody who could fill the hole, right? Like Della Vadova last year. I, I still, to this day, I don't fucking understand it. It didn't make sense to me. You know, at the end of the day, people are like, well, look where the Kings were. I really don't give a shit about that. You know, I don't give a fuck about what his veteran presence was in the locker room. If De'Aaron Fox went down for multiple games, we would have been in some trouble because I don't believe that Del Vadova could have came in and played defense for 15 minutes a night. You know, he he couldn't give you the scoring or the shooting for 15 minutes a night that you need. So I think in this this third point guard role, they need a specialist. They need somebody who brings something to the fucking table. Um, like I talked about with shooting, um, uh, some defense or, you know, just a, a true point guard. So we'll see. Um, personally, I think DJ Augustine's the best fit. And I, I've, you know, me and you talked about him like a year ago, um, on the podcast, but I, I think DJ Augustine would be a really good fit to be the third point guard. So we'll see. It's not, you know, it's not even, it's not even for sure. They sign a point guard. They might go another big man. You never fucking know. Might go another wing. Kelly Oubre is still out there. who I'm a big fan of. So we'll see. I maintain that I think Delvadova, they signed him for to be a practice player. That's what I think. That's all they because you're right. It made no sense for him to be um to to play like in the NBA. I don't think he's an NBA player anymore. But I think that you need someone to go out there and and, and probably practice and run run scout shit and run different uh point for different teams for different looks. That's that's blue, I think. But you know, the thing that worries me the most and concerns me the most about the Kings this year is that everything went right with health last year that they never really had to rely on anything. So they never got exposed in that sense, you know, and then they did get, they got exposed in the, in the playoffs when it came to matchups. That's what happened. You know, Kevon Looney was pretty much the factor, like the fact that you can't, that that was one thing that was going to piss me off about the playoffs last year, kind of forever. Ryan is the fact that they could, they didn't have it in them to uh, shift some things around to counter Kevon Looney just kind of proves the point right there. And if that happens in the regular season with an injury at a 10 game stretch, you're going to start to see things exposed. They cover their bases pretty good when it comes to the wings. When it, when it comes to the guards and the combo guards are fine. I think still the center. We'll see, you know, that's always, that's, that's a hard position to fill though. Uh, but yeah, I think that's another one. The, the point guard situ- situation 
and, and really, man, this is this is going to be a huge year for Davion Mitchell to, to prove. Like, because last year I think he had a, like a bad year. I will say I, he didn't take the step that I thought he would take. You know, and right? Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think he, you know, I, I think people expected him to evolve a little bit offensively. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't think that he would. Um, you know, I did come on the podcast and I said there was an off chance that he got a lot of minutes and did score. Um, but I didn't believe that he was going to take that next step as a score. And I don't think he ever will. That's kind of the thing is, you know, I think his role on the team is defense, but um, I would like to see him being, you know, a little bit of a better three-point shooter, but um, he did have a down year. He picked it up, though, man. There there were some games later on in the season and in the playoffs where, you know, he 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 had his moments, and that's what you want to see, right? But um, I think it's a big year for him. He has to evolve. He, he has to bring something else to the table besides his on-ball defense because at the end of the day, I've said on here many times, the guy's fucking my size, you know? He's listed as six foot or six one. I don't believe that. I've been on the court next to him, and I'm I'm five ten and three quarters, and he's the same size as me. So, um, you know, I, I think he has to bring something to the table other than his, you know, quote unquote off night defense. So we'll see. You know, I I think with the with having Malik Monk there, um, you know, it's it's possibility that Malik Monk becomes the backup point guard if Davion Mitchell doesn't get better this year. So we'll see. Um, yeah, a crucial year. Yeah, I think at the end of his rookie year, when De'Aaron Fox got kind of shelved at the end of the year, and he went on a big scoring streak, I think that that put it in everybody's heads that he was going to, oh shit, it, for me the same, right? You, all you all you can make your assumptions are on what's what you're seeing on the court, and you're like, oh man, like this guy's going to come in and score. I thought he could be a 12, 13 point a game score i mean really it's 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 always funny to to look back right you make the take and you know you look back like of the last season you say well how could you have said that but the dude literally was going off towards the end of the year and kind of meaningless games you know team was just kind of relying on him but you were kind of hoping for that and i didn't see that so yeah those fringe areas of the roster are a thing to look at ryan we got to do a trivia episode i'm thinking next coming up because we haven't done those in like fucking a really long time if you're og kings cast listener you know about the trivia episodes if you want to do trivia against Ryan and you want to be that episode, send us a DM. Maybe I'll fucking we'll let you on the episode. We think Ryan it might be I'm down. Bring yeah. it. Yeah, that might be a good idea. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. Uh, check out our group Kingsland. It's a couple K, 1K, 2K, 3K members somewhere in that range right now. It's been really been growing. Um, so get on that before the season. And if you're looking for a King's Fix, join in on there and talk with other people. If you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Some motherfucker left a one-star review, Ryan. That's not cool. Uh, don't do that. Leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans in the algorithm, just like you. And as always, check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.